Hello, hello, and welcome to Art House Garage, the snob-free film podcast where we make art house, indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and this is a special episode, a short abbreviated episode that contains my recent interview with director Neil Labute and actor Gia Crobatin. Neil and Gia were on hand recently here in Little Rock for Filmland 2022. They screened their film House of Darkness, and I had the great pleasure of talking with them for a few minutes and recorded it for the podcast. It was actually sort of a press conference style uh, a room set up where there was a few different journalists asking questions here and there. Uh, actually, the other voice you'll hear here in this audio is Al Topic, who is a writer, uh, who's a friend of mine and a film writer for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and he has some great questions as well. So it ended up being just the two of us. So it's almost like a not a one-on-one interview, but a, a two-on-two interview because Neil and Gia were there. Uh, so he talks a lot about his process of writing and making this film. Gia is an actress in the film. And they are also partners, so they talk about you know, kind of uh, what it's like to have a romantic partnership as well as collaborating on on a film set. Uh, this film was made here in Arkansas. Actually, if you want to hear more about House of Darkness, go back to our Halloween special, episode 103. Andrew Bocock came on the show. He worked on the set of this film, so he was around Neil and Gia. And actually, uh, I you'll hear in the audio in a moment... I mentioned Andrew, and then they're like, oh, yes, we know him, the t-shirt guy. So you can hear uh, that kind of fun connection with them as well. Um, I think the only other note before I play the audio is uh, the audio is not perfect. You know, we were in a big room, and I, I got some of this with my phone. Uh, so, but, but it's pretty good. I think it's fine. So anyway, um, here is my interview with Neil Labute and Gia Crovatin. Oh, and one more thing. This interview does contain spoilers for House of Darkness, so I definitely recommend checking out the film before you listen to this. All right. Do you want to be on the left or the right? Where would would you prefer? Where do you want to let light be? Can we find my light? Probably. I'm sorry, that's a little close. I pushed it back some just because of the lighting. Okay, I can scoot this forward. Isn't that sad? It's true. Like, you really do figure out, what's my my best light? What's my side? I never want to do that. (laughs) I do. Like Pluto, I have found there is no good light. <laughs> it's more like, what was the joke in Tootsie, you know? I want to make her look slightly more attractive. How far can you pull back? How do you feel about Cleveland? <laughs> that one, movie one of is the best so jokes good. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, that holds up. That Tootsie one. is good so movie. good. Solid. Beginning Even in, like, this climate, it still totally holds up. Even that cheesy Stephen Bishop song is somehow kind of quaint. Yeah. Well, you I don't see know. Dustin Hoffman marching. I'm not going to go to magical. In you, you said that. Don't put me down for magical. <laughs> quaint. Speaking of, though, let's begin on a proper note. Um, 
not Tootsie, but um, Jessica Lange's father in that film, Charles Durning, remember the great character actor? Have you ever taken the time to read his, his history? Like his, when, he, when he passed his obituary? Look at the New York Times obituary for Charles Durning. What a life. What a I mean, like, yeah. D-Day, Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> wild. Like, but, but, like, stuff you can almost not believe that he lived through in World War II. Yeah. Interesting story. Life story. And then became an actor after that. And struggled for years and years. And then, like many character actors later in life, becomes, you know, a star. Yeah. That's a cool story. Are we done? <laughs> Charles Durning, Pluto, magic. We've talked about it all. What, what okay, else Professor, can, thanks for the lecture. What else can we talk about? Yeah, my name's Andrew. I'm, Hi, Andrew. Uh, I'm a film critic here in Arkansas. Hi, Andrew. Film events. Yeah, a couple of questions. I was curious how the uh, workshop went today. Tell us about what it was. and. Well, what do you think we're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Magical is the word I'm going <laughs> to cop from you. Uh, it, was, it was great fun, actually. We... Um, we tried to do something that was, um, you know, really about the relationship between actor and director. Um, so we have a unique situation being married. So, you know, we're, we're in, the, in the collaboration business. And, uh, and so we have kind of a unique take on, I can run lines with her, you know, I can show her stuff early. And, and so, um, but you're together all the time. And so you bring your, your own stuff to that. Um, and I wanted to show, we didn't really talk that much about that really, really was not, David not Arquette personal. was with us as well. And we, we just talked about how I brought a, a, a kind of new piece of material and let them do a kind of a first read on it and then switch parts because they were, it was kind of non-gender, the, the, the characters and then how we would start to put it on its feet in the theater because we'd all done theater and then we were planning to move into how, and how would we stage this and film. And then one of the questions, because we kind of kept the questions open for the audience rather than all at the end. Um, someone asked, how would you, how would you film this? You had two hours left. How would you film this thing? If, if they came to you and said, you've got to be done in two hours. And it led us right into, you know, the, the various differences in, in working on stage, both rehearsal process and, and then um, a product. And then how you go about doing films where there's sometimes is no rehearsal. Um, so I, I think they got a taste of, you know, three different people's, a wide variety of experience and got to watch people work a little bit and, uh, tell some stories, told some stories, some questions, so very interactive, you know, yeah. allowing the audience, tried to cover as many questions to, as possible and to feel uh, their questions as we were going kind of, if so yeah, come magic up. basically is what we created <laughs> Magical. in our hour and a half. I think it went really well, but you know, I, I don't have other workshops to judge off of. I'm sure ours was the best <laughs> that they've ever had, but, but this is just me speculating. But it's fun being being able to be in a re uh, receptive community as well. I mean, like it's yeah. like there were d different ages who were there today. There were you know people who I'm sure are in different parts of the field. You know, there were actors, there were people who yeah, want to be last, directors. Last question was young there filmmaker, was, young woman. Who's like well, Vivian? Yeah, yeah how about directing? And has already directed her first short, a short you know. Film. So, so it's having those different experience range. levels and different kind of coming from different backgrounds. It's always like really fun to be able to share your process, but then you know offer up to other people. What are what are your questions, or what are just things that you you have interest in? And let's let's talk about it. Let's break it down. That's fun.
Yeah, it seemed like a wide variety of just, you know, general interest to I'm an actor, you know, I'm thinking about writing. So uh, a pretty wide range of, of, uh, of professional or just general interest, I think, from, from the audience. Yeah, I got a surprise when I first realized what a film community there is here in Arkansas. So I'm glad that, that, that you were before you began. Uh, I got a, a mouth topic from the Democrat Gazette. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the, your movie last night, uh, House of uh, Darkness. Yeah. Would you uh, kind of describe that as like a, a fem feminist horror movie? Because <laughs> like, a lot of your, your films uh, kind, of, kind of deal with gender relationships like yeah. that. Uh, I'm just kind of curious how you would describe it as. Isn't it funny how I'm going to turn it back to you and say, how would you describe <laughs> it? What's more interesting to me is ultimately how it plays. You know, uh, you got that from somewhere. Did it feel like it was, there was some kind uh, of feeling yeah, like that? Yeah. You, know, you know, two strong female characters. And you had uh, Justin Long as this kind of uh, weasel, I guess. Sort of <laughs> classic, yeah. out of my bag of tricks, you know, guys who are... Seem nice, maybe, and then yeah. maybe aren't nice, and or or outright not nice. Um, yeah, I think there was there was an interest on my part to be able to still do that to examine gender politics. It's always been my. I mean, my wife loves politics, and in the in the, yeah, in the, in the time that, that she had free, she went to the Clinton Library. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty impressive. And so for me, it's always been more of a personal politics. I've been interested in sexual politics, you know, family politics, those kinds of, more, more than, than politics, power, power dynamics. And, um, and so I think I'm still doing that, but I, I found a way into it that allowed for you to branch out into a, another interest, which is, is horror. I've always been interested in, in that. And, and, uh, to kind of jump off on that, I know like uh, yesterday during the Q&A, uh, Gia, she kind of made the comment that In the Company of Men is kind of a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, it really is like a psychological, I mean, as a woman watching that movie, it's, it feels, you know, like, oh, this, I know this, I know these guys, like, ew. But it is horror how people relate to one another. And I think something that Neil does really well is this the capacity for human cruelty and the capacity for human goodness. Like you can see both ends of the spectrum. And I think that this movie, the house of darkness is in the same lineage as in the company of men. It's just, you kind of get to see like the dream gory ending for what would happen. Like Hap is a stand in for Chad, right? Like yeah. you could see like what would happen to Chad if Chad he got actually might win. Do you think? No, I mean, no, because no they turn way. out to be vampires. But no if they way. weren't vampires, <laughs> Chad probably would have cleaned think... up that room. No, that that no that, char that character, though, is that, I mean, he's like the only real, like, sociopath right. bordering on psychopath that I've written. Yeah. Jason Patrick's character in, in Your Friends in and Neighbors was, neighbors. was well, in that world. Well, but what about uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, uh, Chris Rock and Nurse Betty? Nurse Betty. I don't think psychopaths. I wouldn't say Morgan Freeman is. I would say Chris Rock's character has uh, exactly to my point. This issues. is about this is about human the human capacity of like how awful can we be to one another. I think people yeah. label Neil and I've been a fan of Neil's for a very long time before we met and before we worked together and then before we had our personal relationship together. And, you know, if there would ever be a conversation about, well, Neil Abut's misogynist and, you know, I just shut it down immediately. And I'm just like, 
Really? Because what I see are people who are dealing with the amount of feelings and the amount of trauma we've all been dealt with in our lives. And for some people, you know, hurt people hurt people. And for some other people, they go on and they are unscathed, you know? And that's what I see so beautifully rendered in Neil's work. Um, it's really about the the, op the ends of the spectrum and why we do the things we do. What are the machinations behind them? And that's what's, as an actor, that's really interesting to me is like the why, the kernel of the seed of how this all started and probably why I'm an actor in the first place. I like to figure out behavior and, and reasons for why people do things. So yeah, that I, was I, my I guess, connected I guess the growth there is that that the, the people that I've often let go free and, and, and walk away from their bad behavior in stage, screen, uh, don't do that as easily here. They, they obviously pay for their uh, yeah. transgressions. Um, so that's, that's certainly a difference. Um, not really for the audience. It just felt kind of inescapable, the situation that he found himself in. And, and I would say dug himself into as well. There Absolutely. are so many red flags for virtually anyone to go, that's eh, not a great idea. But I think his male arrogance allowed him to continue to feel safe for 84 of 86 minutes. Yeah. Do you think you there's know? any point in the movie where he could have just left? Like, do you think he could have been safe? At, you're like, well, what, what was, what was interesting along the way for us, we didn't have a lot of rehearsal time, but, but Gia and, and Lucy and, and to a lesser extent Kate, just because Lucy and Gia were, were more in proximity with each other, they worked on their backstories of, you know, what, what is the world for, the, for these women day after day after day. And, um, and there was an interesting thesis that came up with them of if he had said, if they, br they bring these people home who are, who are targets, who at this point they've refined their lifestyle down to, look, this is what we have to do for our survival, but we can pick and choose who we do this with. And we're, we're going to do the world a favor and, and yeah. take out people who, who sort of deserve it. And yet there's, there was some talk about if this guy just says the right things or does the right things along the way, we can let him go. Who knows? It's not now. That's not in the text or anything. Right. That was what they came up with between themselves. As if he ever happens to do so, do those things or say those things, maybe he'll drive home tonight. But in fact, he just you know continued to to dig himself a hole and, and go further and yeah, further. Yeah, I think it's Mina's kind of constant pressing him like are you a fibber are you telling me the truth you know I, I think like and that was something that when I read it I was like oh she is she's testing she's she's pressing him to see like what is he going to reveal and maybe you know they, they let him go before something bad happens I think that if you're you know you've got eternity to uh <laughs> figure out how you have to survive and live day after day you have to try to make it interesting and from my point of view why not create this philosophical thing of like well if we can you know pick off some assholes hey we're making the world a better place really there was an argument even that that he wasn't supposed to be there you know when, when gia comes in there's a moment where she's like i thought it was my night to go out <laughs> you know and so there's a, we could just paint a little of the the power dynamics between sisters as well whereas uh nora played by by lucy comes in late into the she's like i have no interest in this is it time to eat? Basically, <laughs> I'm late. Sorry, I'm late for dinner. But obviously, this guy is now. He's in the living room, so I know. it's time to. I know where we're at in the, yeah. in the game. So um, 
all of that was fun to to paint in and, and see. And then and then Justin brought his own self to it and, and did some improv and things. And there are moments like he wanted to when he was not, still not even afraid for his life, but angry that the evening had gone the way it had. And and I think that was his own line that that I wasted a night. You know, the idea that that he went from I'm the nice guy to how dare you not offer me up what you, you know, yeah. seem to be offering me up and that I've, I've wasted, you know, a couple of hours of my of my time with you. Um, and he just wanted to run those lines and not, you know, like do take it. He just, he just wanted to keep going and work himself up and be angry. And so sometimes you get lucky with those things. You know, actors, you know, take what you've given them and then, you know, create something. Gia, like, knew her monologue so well that she could, you know, take any part of it and jump in, but you really want to just let her build from beginning to end. And so, but I could shoot it at any point, you know, during the process, and, and other people like to keep things a little more free. But um, I got lucky with, with a good cast. You always get lucky if you've got a good cast. Well, I was going to ask, um, we talked a little bit about Justin Long last night and the casting of him as, you know, because he has such a boyish, seemingly sweet, charmish, uh, charming kind of persona that it undercuts that with who he is in the film. But what were you looking for for the Mina character as far as an actor? How did you uh, cast her and and what were you looking for uh, for that character? Well, I, I'd worked with Kate before and, and I knew her to be very good at, at reacting. Because this guy is talking so much, there's a lot of time that she spends just kind of studying him and being very still. And that can get disquieting after a while. And, and she has these very clear eyes and very penetrating. Um, so she brought a lot of, of what felt right to that character. You know, um, I mean, I could have switched out, you know, Gia into that part as well or, or Lucy and, and gotten something different from each of them. But, but she had the, the requisite... You know, you, you knew that he had to be swept off his feet. He walks into a bar. She, her hairstyle or dress is different than, than than most people. In fact, I even put in some dialogue along the way to say, hey, she's kind of weird, but she's like amazing weird, you know? And like, so he recognized those differences and we wanted to kind of give a nod toward the the distant past um, because Gia had a very different kind of look and as did Nora. and And so it was important that she had her own thing going, but but she just also has this kind of icy, very still, wonderful way about her. And so I knew that would be a really good contrast to to Justin. And they clicked right away. I mean, they, I think they're in a relationship now. Yeah. So it's, they obviously clicked. Um, but, you know, on, on screen and when you're working with them, you, you get the luxury of going, oh, this is going really well, yeah. you know. That's great. And actually related to that for Gia, I was curious because the, the, the three sisters have sort of a similar energy, but they also feel really distinct. I think the word ethereal is used for Kate's character. But yeah, what did you, when you come in, there's, there's a different feeling and a different energy. How did you feel about preparing for the character to make it feel distinct from the other sisters? Um, I mean, we, like Neil said, and because of COVID, we shot this in April and May of 2021. We didn't have a lot of time. I think we had one Zoom meeting, all four actors kind of chatting quickly about like, <laughs> I can't wait to see you in Arkansas. Um, and, and just kind of laying out some ground rules for each other. And I think, um, 
I may have said this last night, like when you get a script and you're reading it and you start to feel like nervous, like a little intimidated and scared, that's a really good sign. And to me, um, Lucy was more of a, she's a, she's a little more of a detective. She's a little more of a kind of, um, a judge, a moral judge in a way because of what's happened to her and because of the story that she tells, which is her story. Um, and so when I saw kind of what Kate was doing and that she, she and Justin were obviously having this very sexy, very kinetic energy, I was like, okay, something that I am not like as myself is a more still person, is a more kind of, I'm going to try to figure you out and I'm maybe going to try to scare you or something. So I wanted to I saw what she was doing and then I, I had ideas on my own and they all kind of blended together. And then as we, as we went through it, you know, with my clothing, with the, yeah, with say, the history, with my hair, you know, there's a, I had a, a, you know, we decided on having this ribbon in my hair to represent this kind of lost innocence that someone has, has had robbed of them. Um, and, um, and just like making all those, laying in all those little choices was really fun for me as an actor, especially like I'm just not that person in my life. So it's fun to put on someone else's shoes and, and go in an opposite direction. Uh, yeah, kind of switching gears. Uh, how'd you guys enjoy shooting in Arkansas? And how did you get involved with Rock Hill Studios? Well, uh, we, you know, when you, when you get to a place where it's like, oh, this is going to happen. Now we've got to be realistic and, and find a place to do it. Um, it would be great to roll out of bed and, you know, and so you start looking at the tax credits in New York and, and all those kinds of things because it's just practically, whether it's a, you know, a very small budget or a, a, a relatively large budget, you want it to go as far as possible. And so we, we definitely were like, how do we, how do we make this, this money stretch as far as we can? Um, and Arkansas quickly came up as one of the places that was very beneficial to shoot economically. Um, and yet had the infrastructure to be able to actually go out and make a movie, in particular during this time where everyone's footing was kind of out from under them. This, this, what about COVID? What are we going to do? How does that work? And um, we had kind of the perfect bubble of time, location, number of characters that felt like, I think we can do this Safety. without falling into the trap of, of starting and then COVID wipes us out. And so... Um, you still also have to have all the things you need in terms of locations and that kind of thing. Luckily, it's a very contained piece. So um, once we started seeing some photos and uh, and hearing what what Rock Hill could do for us and that they did have enough crew, you know, between between uh, here and and there, um, we I think we only brought in about two people, the DP and and the costume design took place back in New York. Um, we were like, yeah, we, we can do it. So we should make the most of it. And, uh, and had a really great time working with, with everybody who pitched in really, really well. And, and uh, you know, you always make this little family in, in a short amount of time and work nights and it's hard. And, but, uh, but it was a blast and really and surrounded by good people. So, yeah, I had a couple of friends and all that worked on the set. Oh, good. Well, I hope they didn't say anything different. <laughs> I won't even feel bad, but I mean, I will, I'll, it, it was I'll also, dispute them. It was hard because it was all nights. I think Neil said that. He, there was one day shoot, but everything else was nights. And and we're in COVID. We're in a cat. We're in Dromborg Castle, which is just, it's weird. I mean, it's crazy. It's a Scottish, like 14th century Scottish castle in Fayetteville. Like what? And so you're kind of living in this alternate universe and to be able to have 
this wonderful crew and supportive. And they were, like I said, mostly young people. Um, and I think it was a lot of their first feature. There was just that like excited energy, like, I'm so happy to be here. And what do you, like, let's all do it together. That collaborative spirit, just, it makes life so much easier. And I think everybody was nervous about COVID and all that stuff. So that helped a lot too. And it was just so nice to, to have that kind of yeah. environment to shoot in. Agreed. And by the way, your COVID compliance officer was a guy named Andrew Bocock, a good friend of mine. He actually oh, really? came on my podcast this week and talked about this film. And oh, oh my gosh, you're going to have to tell me about your podcast. Yeah, I'll send you a link. Yeah. He had a lot of cool t-shirts, that guy. Oh my he gosh. does have a lot of good t-shirts. He had great t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And gentle, you know, gentle. Yeah, yeah. I may have made a, a, occasionally called him the, the t-shirt guy. So, but you try and learn everybody's name, but occasionally yeah. people become the, the t-shirt guy. People, or Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Oh, cool. Can you just give a talk about the amazing job Arkansas Cinema Society has done to put on Filmland? What makes it so special to attend? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly. Uh, yeah, sure. My, oh, you you want to jump in? Or you... I feel like I have made friends for life. Uh, I think Lily's going to ask me to be in her wedding soon. Um, <laughs> no, this is just, come on. We, we all do this because we love movies. And... Yes. Um, I'm so grateful to see that people are taking an interest in, in the, the industry and it's not necessarily New York or Hollywood. It's, it's here and it's, people are really passionate about it. And I'm, uh, from a small town in Virginia and if I would have had access to something like this growing up where I saw that there was potential, like you could do this, it would have meant the world to me. So imagine how she would have turned out to be, <laughs> just imagine to be able to have something like this and to be able to come and be welcomed with open arms has been lovely. And to have the connection with Rock Hill Studios, having shot in Fayetteville, being able to come to Little Rock, being able to go to the... Clinton Library. It's just been a really special weekend, um, and I'm I'm really grateful that we got to do this. I know from talking to them that they modeled a lot of what they've done on the uh, the festival that Roger Ebert put together in in Champaign, and I had the chance to go there uh, and show friends and neighbors a few years back um, when he was still operating in that and. That it's a different feel, that kind of organization over a standard film fest, as, as good as a film fest. And I've been to a number from Cannes to Sundance and, and kind of everything in between. Um, it's, a, it's a different feel. The, the, the kind of like appreciation is about film very, in, in a very clean way and not just about I'm trying to get my movie picked up or I'm trying to make a deal or be discovered or those kinds of things. It's uh, it's I, we love movies and we want to celebrate that and that's a nice feeling when there's not like awards on the line or that kind of thing. Um, I, I appreciate just being able to go watch movies and talk about movies and and feel that energy with with other people who who feel the same way about them. So uh, I think it's a really special side of of what they're doing here. So um, even without visiting the library, I had a really good time. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine Cody. Lily, everybody. <laughs>